Hello. Hello. This is episode three of our show, Outlook. And uh, yeah, we have a name, and I guess we're counting episodes. <laughs> well, for now. We'll for see now. if we continue doing that or not, but... We got up to 12 episodes, well, 14 technically of our podcast, Ketchup on Pancakes, that you and I do together, but um, yeah, it's interesting to see the episodes grow. Yeah, three already. Um, so yeah, we weren't we weren't live the last couple of weeks because... As soon as we got this um, time slot, I uh, sort of informed everybody I was heading out east for <laughs> 10 days. So I just got back from that. Uh, it's crazy to think where I was a week ago. Um, yeah, so we don't want to talk too too long about it, but maybe just a quick quick overview of what you what you were up to out east or how that experience was. We talked about traveling a bit on our first episode three weeks ago, which was aired again last week while I was away, and I I did listen to it while I was just hanging out in my friend's apartment uh, in Charlottetown, and uh, it was funny to listen to that over again. I mean, it's just a couple of weeks ago, but but yeah, we did talk about travel on that one because. That's a lot of what I'm about. Um, but yeah, no, I, I went out east, um, a road trip with family through uh, Quebec, New Brunswick. And then we took the ferry from Nova Scotia over to the to PEI and uh, got to check out a spot that I haven't been to since I was two. So you weren't born yet. Uh, so you never actually right. got out there until a couple of years ago, but I apparently was. I have no memory of it. So that was exciting and it's beautiful being by the ocean and all that. So yeah, just a quick a quick um, summary of what this show is about for anyone who's listening for the first time since we just started a few weeks ago here. The show is called Outlook and we focus on disability and accessibility and any issues surrounding that. The uh, things we have to deal with on a daily basis, specifically for visually impaired folks uh, like ourselves. Uh, My sister Carrie here and I are both blind. We were both born blind. So yeah, travel is one of the topics we've been, we've covered on this show already and we want to continue talking about. So yeah, like obviously you you couldn't, couldn't see all of the sites out east, but you still seemed like you had a really good experience. Yeah, that's funny. Like the reality of it is that, yeah, I can't. So you you go for these really scenic drives um, to the east part of PEI, the North Shore, all these things you hear about and these, these beautiful um, scenes you see as you're driving down a, the, the road into like a valley with green, green everywhere, um, red, the red soil, which is what PEI is so famous for, the ocean views. And it's, it's true, like from a car, you know, I can't see that. Uh, I miss that beauty. And that, in reality, that does suck. <laughs> yeah, might as well be honest. <laughs> My, I'm but honest at the same that, time, like... At the same time, um, what I'm sort of focusing on lately with my travel writing that I do is that, you know, why are any of the other senses that people, everyone travels with, any more or less important? Um, they play just as big a part once you see a place like PEI. You know, the smells... I was saying on the walk here today yeah. to try and catch the bus we missed. Um, <laughs> I all of a sudden thought I smelled the Atlantic Ocean in the on the air, and I was like, "That's weird. We're here in London, Ontario." And uh, then I said, "Maybe it's because we're blind, and people say we have heightened senses, right?" Yeah, but well, that's a myth, I guess. Yeah, it's 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 it is a myth. I mean, 
I guess not being able to see, you sort of focus in on those other senses a bit more, like you were saying well, on, you the, do. on the that's trip. Because that's, that's, that's all you have. So maybe, you, you know, you spend a bit more energy and focus on those other senses, but you're not, it's not like we're super... No, I, I would call what I had um, on the way here, smelling the Atlantic Ocean, I'd call that sort of like just a sense memory, like it just comes back to you all of a sudden for some reason on your mind. Um, but no, I mean, I just... I don't have the sight, so I just smell and I t- touch, you know, the, the sand and the, and the rocks and the water. And, um, I and was, you can hear, obviously, hearing the ocean hear, and yeah. the water. And I the, mean, that's the best part is the sound, for me, anyway, of the, of the shore and the waves on the shore. We went to East Point, and there you can just hear you are up. It's called the end of the world. It's not the most um, end of the world spot in North America. I think that might be the most easterly point might be in Newfoundland. Um, but anyway, it's... It's it, the waves crash down below on the on the shore. Um, I guess they meet from sort of two directions, and they crash so loud, and it's so windy there on that point um, that it's just it takes my breath away, and <clears throat> and it's freezing. But yet at the same time, I just tried to sort of lean into it, and it's like when I was on a, a boat um, out in the Atlantic. We did a lobster boat trip. You just sort of lean into the wind and the, the sound of the water and the smell. And, it's beautiful. So it's just as worthwhile as anything, any view you might see. Yeah. Another thing I did want to touch on is you were talking about the different colors of the soil out east. And I just wondered, um, since you used to be able to see color, like you could, you were born blind like, like I was, but you could see a little bit more. So now when, if you're driving by and someone says, oh, you know, this is green or this is you know, c- can you still visualize in your head or imagine, like, you know what that looks like because you've seen it before? Yeah, so Brian never saw colors, um, but I used to see them. And it's like a sense memory that still comes up in my mind when somebody says, look at all that green, look at all that red. I still ask them, oh, what kind of green is it? Um, sometimes it gets harder to think about those things the longer you've not seen color. It's been probably almost 20 years for me, I guess, maybe 10, 15 years. Um, and so you, I'm still curious about all that. Um, I still love red. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I still think about those things, but you got to focus on what you have, not what you don't, what you no longer have, I guess. But um, speaking of red, I'm sitting here with my new red it's iPhone. One notification. talking there. That's very fast voice. Safari. Headings. Words. Characters. Uh, actions. Oh, you're going to slow down? It won't let me slow oh, down. Can't get to the, the, the rate. I was. I got Actions. it last night, but oh, well, it's gone. Anyway, we um, people hear the, the voice. It's called VoiceOver, and it's it's by default. It's on the, the iOS of any Mac products, so iPhones, iPads, MacBooks. It's a built into their operating system. So it makes it very accessible for blind users like ourselves. And that kind of leads into accessibility and what we were going to discuss today. Uh, I guess Carrie just read this this morning that what uh, what's special about this month? Because it is October 1st. Yeah, so it is the beginning of a new month. Um, September was the month I was going out east and all these things. And now we've moved to October. And it is actually one of my favorite months of the year. I was just out on PEI where um, Anna Green Gables was my favorite. And um, there's a quote in that book about you know, October and 
that's her favorite month. And uh, it would be a crime if we skipped from September to November. It's such a beautiful month, even though today's quite rainy. But it is the first day of the month, and so I thought we could talk about how it is um, National Disability Employment Awareness Month. <laughs> now, I say that slowly <laughs> a, because yeah, it's, it's pretty a, hard to... It's a National story. Disability Awareness <laughs> Employment Month? Employment, Employment Awareness. Awareness Month. Jeez, yeah, that is a hard, <laughs> hard one to That's remember. That's a hard one. Um, did, did you know that that was the case, t- or did you just read that this morning? No, no, I've, I've known about it. Oh, for, so you did know about it, okay. So um, in 2014, I had started my blog, and um, I'd come across it, because you know the thing, when you're writing a blog, I guess some people need topics to write about, so you're always looking, and you know how every day is a, is a you know awareness day for something, yeah, every month. Yeah, it's a bit much sometimes. But it can be, yeah. But um, I just thought I'd quickly read this one line. During this important month, employers are encouraged to think about how they can make their business practices more inclusive and accessible for Canadians with all abilities. People with disabilities have a great deal to contribute to our society. So now, that, how, wait, let's just stop for a sec. How did you how did you read that? Because you can't see. Yeah. So I showed my iPhone, which I just got a new one. Um, she got a red one. Cause got a red one. Favorite color, and it's a. Um, it was a bit tricky to track down, um, but I found one. Um, yeah, so I'd known about it for a couple of years, and. Um, but wait, so how did you read that though? That was my question. Yeah, so I have my iPhone, but I, I, um, to be able to read, I have a, what's called my Braille display right here, and you didn't bring yours today, right? I uh, know I did not today. So I'm, the, I'm the reader. Normally today. I do, but yeah, Carrie was going to do the reading for this show. Although it's almost about to die, so I have to plug it in. Oh. <laughs> Well. Anyway, it's it's electronic and it's braille and it's um, I guess it's something you kind of have to see. Yeah, it's kind of hard to explain, but it 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 uh, basically connects to any device, any like iPhone, MacBook, screen tip, screen even a Windows computer. You can <laughs> connect it to. Yeah, was her phone speaking again in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it connects Bluetooth, so wireless to these devices, and it translates everything that is on the on the screen or any text. That you pass by, it translates that into Braille and shows up on the Braille display, so you can read. So it's compared to back in the day when we went to school and had to use Braille books, it's a lot more portable. And yeah, you can have you know hundreds of books on your on your device and read them with your Braille display if you can't see. And it's just it just allows for so much more opportunity and convenience and and that's kind of what this is all about: the employment for blind people being accessible in workplaces, making themselves more accessible. Yeah, I mean, it, if you would think about it, really think about it, in, in, in your office space right now or wherever you might be, um, you know, the whole thing about wearing a blindfold or whatever to try and, you know, see what it's like to be blind, you know, that's not necessarily going to tell you much. But um, if you just look around and see how much you do that's, visual paperwork is still a thing there's you know everything yeah, even with computers where yeah. it's it's totally accessible for us because we have like like it i mentioned previously the programmed. voiceover and these screen readers that allow us to work with documents and the internet and everything like very very easily at this point but yeah there still is paperwork like hard copy work that needs to be filled out and signatures and all of that kind of stuff which still isn't you know it's not you can scan in there's a you can use a scanner and scan text in to read it, but to actually fill it out, you need you still need sighted assistance to fill out a piece of paper, obviously. So there's there are things like that, 
Um, but overall with technology and stuff, things are a lot more accessible than I, I feel people realize. Like yeah. they kind of, they still don't, you know, obviously people don't know that computers are as accessible as they are for people without sight. Well, what employers um, might not think about, the things they might think of, not think about, like, oh, you know, we could never, I could never hire a person without sight here because of this and this and this. And like we said, there are those occasions where it is still tricky, but all, all that required is required with something like that is to think outside the box. And actually, that's what a good, a good work environment should be, in my opinion. You should be, everybody should be, you know, able to think differently and find way, other ways. And that's how, that's how we all do things. So it shouldn't be that much more difficult, but um, all, it, they just, people need to know. And so that's kind of why I'm glad we can have the show because I want to be able to tell people that we do so many things these days that we couldn't have even have dreamed of 20, 30, you know, when I was a kid or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of the accessibility in the workplace does also like has a lot to do with the, the people that need the, the, um, accessibility because, I feel like you can't go into a workplace and say, tell the the employer, oh, you have to figure out how I can do this. No. As a as a person with a disability, if you want to call it that, I know that word can have some. Well, that's a topic for another show. Connotations, but yeah, we won't get it too deep into that right now. But anyway, let's just call it a disability for now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you you have to do your own research as a blind individual or whatever other disability you might live with you might you have to do your research and come into the when the employer says how are you going to be able to do this and then you say well this software is accessible and i can i can use it with this screen reader and you know depending what it is some places some businesses do have to invest in software or in certain products to make it accessible yeah let's not sugarcoat it you know like occasionally the 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 programs a, a company may use might might not be the accessible ones and they have to be willing to bend that rule or find a way around that but like you said at the same time we have to work together um, as employers and employees with the disability and you have to come in and, and when and when you're asked the question in the job interview or whatever you have to be able to sort of not hum and haw about it you have to show yeah because you. it's yeah it's too much you can't expect them to know this no, stuff like they had they have no idea yeah they, and I just wanted to make a quick comment that just based on that whole accommodations and people being sort of afraid if a blind person shows up to a job interview or to apply for something. When I when I came to Radio Western for the first time to say I wanted to host a radio show, it wasn't wasn't even brought up by anyone here. They weren't like, "Well, how are you going to do this? How are you going to do that?" No negative. No, no it, ne- negative. You know, no negativity, no pessimism about it. Yeah, and I just I just wanted to point that out because it it is very. I'm very appreciative of that, and it's it's very welcoming when you can come into a place where they're not. That's not their main focus. They, you know, they just talk to you as a regular person, and then you know they they trust that you you have the ability to to figure it out, and you know what you're doing. So you know it's about confidence, and it's about trying to be positive about that stuff. And yeah, just for anyone listening that may have a disability, just be just wanted you to, you to be aware that Radio Western is a very accessible place very welcoming and don't don't be afraid to approach them if you want to you know volunteer or do a show or whatever you may want to do because they're it's, it's a great place to be so i just wanted to point that out yeah that's important like it is important to acknowledge the places that are welcoming and that are willing to work with you because so time so often there's negativity in, in the news and people's experiences that you hear you know we hear from other blind people who have had terrible experiences and we struggle still with the employment subject and 
I just wanted to read one more thing from the article I found online. Yep, go for it. Um, so according to a study from Statistics Canada, it was released in 2014, the year I started my blog, the employment rate of Canadians aged 25 to 64 with disabilities was 49% in 2011, compared with 79% of Canadians without a disability. So, you know, there's this statistic out there that floats around. Yeah, and statistics are always kind of hard yeah. to measure. This was, you know, 2014, like this, as I said, and all that. But um, it's just, I guess that sort of gives you a bit of an idea. There is a discrepancy there, and we want to fix that. Um, it's complicated, and we're living it, both of us here, um, of course. But um, there, there are ways of being pos positive about it, and there are ways around it. And I've discovered... Um, I've sort of become a freelance writer, which is not a steady um, bit of employment, but it's um, it's given me confidence, which is a big thing for people with disabilities who feel like they can't fit in the world, maybe, or you know, things like that. And um, you yourself, Brian, have done you work. What's the work you've been sort of doing recently? Yeah. So recently, it's 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 mainly been do uh, been um, well. I play in playing two two regular bands at the moment and I have a couple other ones kind of on the side that are sort of on hold so I keep busy with music and and playing and you know it's not a lot of income in that area I mean it's tough like any industry but it's still great yeah. experience and you make great connections you and I are very artsy people you know writing I you know I was art, visual art when I could see writing um, and music and sound and audio Podcasts, you know, all so, yeah, these it's things. So, the two, the, the two bands, and then, yeah, we're doing our podcast, Catch Up on Pancakes, which we've mentioned a few times, and it will air on this station at some point. We'll figure that out and, let, and keep you posted on that. But, so, yeah, the, the two bands, the, the podcast and these two radio shows I've been doing now, the music show on Fridays and this show, Outlook, on Mondays. So, I've been keeping busy with all of that, but I am in the process now of getting my resume together, and I want to start applying for jobs probably at call centers or something that's easy enough to kind of, you know, get into and just get into a routine of getting out and making some, some money to save up to maybe eventually, you know, ideally start purchasing equipment to run my own recording studio. So that's kind of the, the future plan for me. But yeah, I haven't really had any experience being employed um, steadily at a, an official job. So and it can be it's, embarrassing to talk about these things. Yeah, it's tough, especially the older you get, you know, and you haven't yeah. had that. And it sort of motivates you more and more the older you get to be like, okay, I got to I gotta step it up and I got to actually do this. But And the same with you is you have really, you know, the older you got, you've stepped it up with your writing and you've, you've been paid for quite a few magazines and things you've been in and websites you've been on. But And even though for you it's, it's self-employment and like freelance, you still face a lot of accessibility issues with certain things like I don't yeah. know if you want to talk about that at all but well yeah I mean like like you said before contracts um, it, you know it's all a lot of it's online but then um, they send you this contract and you have to sign it and send it back to them so that can be tricky um, electronic signatures and these things but so you know those can be barriers and I so you the big thing is too that you, you shouldn't have to do don't think you have to do everything by yourself nobody does you want to be independent and self-reliant and that's great um, and nobody's going to pitch articles for me. Nobody's going to write them for me. I mean, I hope not. You know, nobody's going to do that stuff. So I have to take the initiative there. And since, but you know, you can ask for help. You know, there's no 
shame. Yeah, in and that. that's that's another discussion for a different show in more depth. But there is sort of a whole debate about that, where it's doing things for yourself and figuring out how to be as independent as you, as possible, versus asking for help when you need it and not always feeling like, oh, I have to do everything myself to prove to to people that I can. It doesn't it, it doesn't hurt to ask for help sometimes. While at the same time, you also do have to try to be as independent as you can be and, you know, not ask for help all the time either. So it is a balance. Yeah. And I mean, it's not really a thing when I'm working with these editors, I can write about a lot of different subjects. Um, My blindness does come into it. You know, that's sometimes what I'm writing about and that's the perspective they are looking for. Obviously, if I'm doing a travel article like I have coming this month, it's not going to be, you know, the sites of PEI or whatever. It's going to be, you know, how did you travel from your perspective? And that's what um, the um, publication is looking for, and that's what I can give them. But um, so I guess art has not a lot of money in, behind it sometimes, and you got to, you know, be creative with that. And you have to, you, like you said, with your recording studio dream, that's your dream. And we all have those, a dream um, job that somebody would like to do. And um, I would, you know, love to be a travel writer <laughs> with my own column or something, you know, or something like that. Um, so there's, that's a great thing to have a dream. But in, in the interim, you have to um, take steps, and they're little steps every day. And there are extra steps you have to take when you have a disability to make things accessible and to find workarounds for things. But then it's a great such a great sense of accomplishment when you actually get that. But again, there are so many people out there that have disabilities and that are sitting at home. And it's not because they don't have a skill. Um, There's actually a TV show that's on right now. It's airing on um, a channel for for the blind. (laughs) It's called AMI. Accessible Media Incorporated. Incorporated, But it's also been airing, the first season did air on TV Ontario. My chair is making noise here. (laughs) Um, And it's called Employable Me, and it's a show where they um, have a few people each episode with disabilities, autism, blindness, um, and then they sort of show what their lives are like. A lot of them do still live at home. People with disabilities have different levels of independence, and that's okay. Yeah, and sometimes the disabilities include, you know, different other mental sort of handicaps and stuff as well social which, you know yeah, fitting sociali- in socialization and sort of yeah, fitting in if you if you're more sheltered um we've sort of been we've sort of lucked out you know getting going to regular public school growing up and not going to being segregated into um, a school for the blind which you know some people have had that and they've had good experiences with that as well but for us it just it does feel a lot more independent to grow up just like anyone else and sort of you, you you fit in and you're a bit more socially adept, I guess. Well, it's scary to go out into the world. And if you have had people just, you know, when you're blind, sometimes people will think, oh, I'll just get it for you. Well, I'll do it for you. Just sit there. I can get it. Um, they don't want you to move. They're afraid you'll hurt yourself, you know, whatever it is. And then you sort of end up being stunted in that way that you think the world's just going to come to you. And everybody knows out there with employment that that rarely happens. <laughs> I'm just experiencing for the first time kind of here recently um, a publication 
seeking me out and coming to me and saying, we'd like you to write for us. You know, that that hasn't been my experience with freelance writing so far. And that's not what you're going to get in the world. And some people with disabilities, it's not, it's not their fault necessarily. It's But what yeah, they, there's, they kind of, if they've had things done for them so much or like maybe too much, then they sort of expect with the employment, it's like, oh, this is something I kind of have to take on more myself. It's not just someone doesn't just necessarily call you up and say, hey, we want you to work for us. You have to do the work yourself to kind of get to that point. So it, it is can be pretty intimidating. And I think a lot of people that didn't grow up that way or were grown, grown up where they were sort of sheltered and sort of taken care of too much, then it's really hard for them to make that step and sort of figure that out for themselves. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of issues, right? There's like getting to your employment. Um, obviously, when you can't see, you can't drive, things like that. But many sighted people don't drive or can't drive, and they get to their employment by you know public transit. So it's it's looked at a certain way, but th- it's all sort of that's why we call this show Outlook, I think, because it's all what your outlook is. And I like how the other day, uh, this morning, actually, we were talking about rearranging that um, that word. Be look out, look so out, look out. Here we come. <laughs> but, but yeah, but yeah, it's all in your outlook or your perspective or whatever, and and putting yourself in someone else's shoes. And that's what we hope more employers are able to do in the future. And that's what we we do when we think about how these employers must see us approaching them wanting a job. It's like, whoa, wait, can we accommodate that? Should we have to? Do we want to? Yeah, if it takes extra time and extra extra cash to make it happen, then it's like, well, we could just we could hire someone who can see and then we don't have to we don't have to like adapt and we don't have to do this work. But at the end of the day, you do it for one person coming in, and then in the future, that benefits many other skilled people with disabilities that, you know, a lot of times might be better at the job than someone else who they do hire because it's like in the moment, it seems more convenient. They're not looking at it as a long-term thing. It's more of a sort of a in-the-moment, short-term Yeah, look decision, at the whole but. picture and look at the person. If I could say anything to employers out there, that's what I'd say. And to people with disabilities, I would say, you know, take little steps. That's all it takes at first is little steps and ask for help. I'm going to an employment center in my town, working on my resume, um, you know, but I've been building up my um, publication history and um, practicing and, you know, getting better as a writer and working on my confidence, all those things that it takes. So I like Outlook because I think it, (laughs) I like our title. I think that's what we're trying to do here. And that's why I wanted to start the month with this issue that um, I want more people to sort of just think about. When you go out for a job interview, think about the extra accommodations it would take and the same as that when you're an employer, think about it. Yeah, so I guess that kind of brings us close to the end of the show here. It's coming up on mm-hmm. 11.30 here in a minute, so I guess we'll wrap things up. I don't know if there's anything else we want to want to talk about. We have a Twitter. Carrie set up our Twitter account last night. Yeah, so I guess at the moment, find us at Outlook. CFB, which is the Canadian Federation of the Blind, which is um, sort of what we... Yeah, that's a big topic on our show. We didn't yeah. really talk about it today, but it will come back for sure. We have a in guest future in episode. the coming weeks. In a couple weeks, yeah, there. we have a guest coming on who knows a lot about the CFB, so we'll be talking about that in in more detail then. But yeah, so it's okay. at Outlook CFB on yeah. Twitter. We will have an email address at some point for people to email questions or comments, and we also... We'll be posting our episodes online, but we haven't done that yet, so we'll All right. We'll bring that up next next time. So come back for our, our, our Outlook next week, same time. 
yeah, we'll be back next Monday at 11. 11 and have a good week. <laughs>